Hey everyone, it's Pastor Mike Adkins, and I want to welcome you to Next Steps, where the teaching pastors of Grace Church help you focus on taking a next step in your spiritual life. If you're not listening there already, I invite you to take a moment to download the free Grace app. It's the best place to hear and share messages and to get connected with what's going on here in the life of our church. Just search Grace Church Orlando in your app store or head to discovergrace.com forward slash app to find it. Pastor Clint Harrison and Pastor Grant Nixon and I hope that these podcast conversations will help you take your next step toward Christ. Hey guys, welcome back to Next Steps, the podcast that helps you take your next step toward Christ. I'm here with Pastor Clint. How's it going? And Pastor Grant. Hey everybody. Hey, we are coming to you today in the middle of this. Uh, how many weeks of the are we into this thing now? Uh, this coronavirus say 45, crisis. 45? 45, at least 45 weeks. We're 40, 45th week of 40. the coronavirus. Uh, no, we're not that fifth? far into it. Fourth, fifth? Something like that. We're somewhere uh, around there. Day right? like 2930, right? It feels like it. What it really does today feel like it. Is the question I have. What is today? <laughs> so. So we want to come and talk to you today about ways in which we can cope in the middle of all of this. We want to give you some practical help. We want to talk about both um, adaptive and maladaptive coping strategies. A coping strategy is something we use in order for us to be able to get from point A to point B. It helps us track. It helps us move forward. It helps us, hopefully, in a healthy way, process all the things that we're, we need to process so that we can come out on the other side a little bit more healthy. So there are, let's just start with that. There are adaptive coping mechanisms, and those are positive things that you can do. There are behaviors that you can do to actually feel better in the middle of this crisis. And then there are some maladaptive um, ways, some some not so positive things that we do. And sometimes we're aware of them, sometimes we're not. And yet at the same time, uh, they lead us in some not so great directions. Grant, beforehand, we were talking about your small group, your Grace community, yeah, and you were saying that uh, this subject matter came up. Yeah, it absolutely did. Um, because the reality is, Pastor Mike, is that uh, everyone's coping in some way, right? Well, whether you know it or not. I mean, you might be sitting here going, "I don't know any coping mechanisms, so I don't. I've never done that." You absolutely are. We all are, and right. so uh, they can. We kind of discovered that a little bit in our Grace community. We were uh, reading through in the Gospels. We were reading in Luke about um, uh, basically Good Friday. We were reading about Jesus right before his betrayal and arrest, um, and then directly after. And uh, one of the things we were reading was that we realized that in crises, like like we're dealing with right now, in a crisis, it reveals to us what we really value, and it reveals to us what we really believe. Um, and so we were talking about what are, the, what are the positive things, what are the negative things that this time has revealed about what you really believe in. Because we talked about the disciples, it revealed that they really trusted in themselves, they really trusted mm. in comfort, they really trusted in freedom. Right. Uh, Jesus perfectly trusted the Father. Sure. And so we were, we were asking the same question of ourselves. What, what, what has really been revealed in us going through this difficulty? And someone brought up in our Grace community, it's, it's revealed some coping mechanisms. Mm. It's revealed some things that they've used to get them through um, this difficult time, which, which, by the way, they've used before, but maybe they weren't really aware of it. And so we talked about, we talked about adaptive coping mechanisms. We talked about the good things that we do. Um, and so some people, we talked about humor. We talked about, you know, like that. I just, mm-hmm. I, I, I laugh and I keep people laughing. That helped me, that helps me get through. It helps other people get through. That's right. We talked about community and things like that. But some of us were shocked uh, to, to realize the maladaptive coping mechanisms that came up. Um, some really destructive behavior that we honestly didn't know was destructive until we realized 
how how we were using it and, and what we were doing. And so it was really interesting. It was it was again that this crisis has revealed to us um, uh, our coping mechanisms. And so I like what you said earlier too. It's a crisis doesn't change who you are. It right. magnifies who you are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mm. So it helps us see ourselves better even. It reveals our hearts, our hopes, bad. our dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. I mean, that's what difficult times do. I mean, I, I think about, you know, I was, uh, you know, in high school when fights would break out, um, I was a coward before. But in the when I ran away, I realized I was a coward. You know mm. what I mean? But I, yeah. was a, I was a coward my whole <laughs> life, you know? It was just in that moment of facing the bully. I was like, oh, I definitely am a coward. Yes, pain magnifies it all. But I didn't get punched. So let's talk about some of these um, maladaptive uh, coping mechanisms. Um I think this one is probably one of the most prevalent in our culture because we have a consumer-oriented culture sure. and entertainment-driven culture. So escapism, mm. escapism is one of the ways like in getting which, out, like just like <laughs> like locking the door. <laughs> I've got to get out window, of here. Going through the window. What are we talking about? Escapism is when you withdraw from your world. It's it's mm. a way in which we kind of just say, you know what. I'm not going to deal with things right now. I can't deal with things right now. So I'm going to pull away from the people I love. I'm going to pull away from my church. I'm going to pull away. And that kind of escapism is not always a healthy thing. Yeah. And I've even seen people who are extroverted, who are even sevens on the Enneagram. And they've even said to me, I feel like I am just escaping everything. Like I don't want to see people. I don't want to be around anything. And I'm losing my mind. And I find out that I'm actually decreasing my energy doing right. that. I'm That's decreasing right. everything like my spirituality and I'm, I'm just closing up. I'm trying to escape through Netflix. I'm just watching it all the time or I'm literally just going to my room just being alone and doing nothing. I mean, so as a, as the resident Enneagram seven, uh, we run to, we run to one, uh, in stress. So we become perfectionists and basically we focus on what we can control. Yeah, and there's so much outside of our control that, that I, I absolutely am in this category where I just pull away. Um, and so it's, it's interesting. Like, even if I, if I look at my calendar and, and for example, this is one of the only things I leave my house for <laughs> during the week. I leave, I leave my house <laughs> to come podcast record and then to record the stuff for Sunday morning. And that's it. And, and even looking at that, sometimes I'm so demotivated and I'm like, I don't even want to do that. Right. You know, yeah. and it, I only leave the house twice right. a week. And sometimes because of this, like that's, that's one of the ways that I'm an escapist uh, is, is, and I, and I go into that is that I pull away from everything. And so I start pulling away from relationships and all that. So, yeah. so yeah, escapism can look like all kinds of things. And it's not just in a crisis. It's mm. in any kind of stressor that happens in your life. You know, for example, escapism can be retreating into, you know, it's a, it's a cultural term for us now, but binging, you know, yeah. we binge on television, we binge on social media, we binge right. on these things. And that can be a way, even though it seems like you're engaging in something, you're engaging in watching television, you're engaging in social media, but what it's really doing is it's pulling away from the most important relationships in your life. And therefore it has a negative effect a negative overall effect in your life. So you can, you can be an escapist with television. You can be an escapist with video games. You can be an escapist with pornography. Mm -hmm. You can be an escapist through with alcohol. I mean, you can use all kinds of things that, uh, that, 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 that will pull you away from the most important relationships that you need to deal with. And, and unfortunately, what escapism does is it kind of numbs us yeah. from dealing with the hard work that mm. we need to do, which is really processing the fact that we don't have certainty right now. We mm. don't have clarity right now where we're headed. Yeah. But you still have to face that. You me, don't want to be a part of the reality, so you're escaping. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Let me ask you a very direct question, Pastor Mike, because I'm feeling a little called out right here. Are you <laughs> telling me that Tiger King 
is bad for my marriage. I tell, I'm saying? telling you, Tiger King is bad for your soul. <laughs> <laughs> okay, look, you might not be a Carol Baskin's truther like I am, but uh, don't you dare tell me that all those hours that my wife and I put in to Tiger King was a waste. Uh, no, I, I think the other thing that that leads to too is is for another coping mechanism would be like the indulgence. You know, like just indulging yourself yes, um, yes. into whatever makes you feel better. Um, I had a conversation with someone a few days ago, um, and she just said, "I'm I'm drinking all the time." Right. Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, has that been a problem for you in the past?" And they said, "No." And they go, "I don't know why I'm doing it." And so we just started talking. And I just started asking her questions, and she started using. She started being really honest and using language. She said, "I feel." trapped in my house with my kids all day mm-hmm. long, you know? Sure. And, and I think this person's an incredibly loving mother. I've yep. seen her. I've seen her with her kids. She's yeah. an incredibly loving mother. Yeah. Um, but I think that she's just dealing with the difficulty that we're all dealing with. Our, yeah. our whole normal is shifted. Yep. And some people are feeling trapped. Yeah. And so she's running to indulgence. She, uh, she takes a drink. She feels better. So she's going to take more drinks, yeah. right? And now she's getting to a point where uh, this is a coping mechanism for her. I like what she said earlier too. It's not that we're talking about bad people here. Not we're talking about bad strategies. Bad strategies. Exactly. We're talking about yeah, bad yeah. strategies. People are not making the wise choice right. to do what is necessarily going to feed their heart, their soul, their mind, their body. And as a result of that, people are falling into depression. Mm. You know, people are feeling, mm-hmm. you know, very detached, if you will. Isolated, from the world. Yeah. yeah. And it's, you know, I like that because it's, it's even things that can be good or neutral, right? But they've gone wrong. Right. They're they're obsessive. They're yeah. a compulsion. It's too much, and so it turns from a neutral thing to now a bad thing in their lives. And you know, for me personally, that that one's that self soothing that Grant was talking about. That's me, and it's not in the form of drinking. It's the form of eating. Like I want to eat when I'm stressed, or I don't have a grasp or control on things. And so I want to eat more. And so my wife's been like, Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm eating these <laughs> chips. That's what I'm doing. What you, what <laughs> you been know? eating? What's your, what's your go-to? Oh man. Salt and vinegar chips. Oh really? Uh, oh okay. my gosh. That's all right. so you salty good. boy. <laughs> yeah. You salt. I'm with you though. I'm, I'm more of a salt person than I would be a sugar person. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm not a gummy bear. Like Although, go in my room and crush them. No, no, no. Cheese it's. Yeah. Although Rick Garrett did bring in donuts to our house the other day. And that guy, uh, man. Just he gets, cool. You know what? He gets in cool. shape and then he's like, I want to keep everyone out of shape. He fattens everyone up around him. <laughs> exactly. I want to feel good about just myself. Just make himself feel better about himself. <laughs> That's so true. But no, you're, you're right. It's that unhealthy um, self-soothing. Again, there are things that aren't necessarily bad. Donuts right. aren't bad, right? No. Like salt and vinegar chips aren't bad. They're very good. But it's about, it's again, like, where are you, are you running from something into those things, right? Um, and I think we, I think we've all been there before. Yep. Some people can use this time, unfortunately, to um, just kind of cultivate a kind of self-hatred, right? Mm. And I did a message mm. on this um, probably about five or six months ago and talked about self-hatred as a form of pride, right? And that it's just a kind of weird form of pride. Most people think of self-hatred, they think, oh my gosh. Um, it's a weakness and therefore you should not speak about it. You shouldn't, you know, it's, it's something that needs compassion, but the reality is self-hatred. The idea of, of I should be better than I am right now is rooted in the idea that I should be awesome, you know? And so some folks can actually fall into, you know, a real sense that, you know, my life is the way that it is right now because, you know, I should be further down the road. I should have more than I have right now. I don't have developed relationships, and therefore they can just sit around tearing themselves apart. Mm. 
you know, yeah. and that's not healthy. That's not, I mean, that's not something we're called to do. It was interesting because I think the, you know, the world's view of that would be just throw some compassion on that and just be, be done with it. But the reality is huh. like, because it is a form of pride, something that needs to be confessed. And the beautiful thing about that is that when you really understand the gospel and understand who you are in Christ and who he says you are in Christ, that what ends up happening is that we realize we can't say bad things about ourselves because we've been redeemed. Mm, yeah. Like God has transformed us into his, you know, wonderful, wonderful image of his son. And so when I'm trashing me, I'm trashing the very work of God in me. Mm. Yeah. And so in one sense, it's very offensive to God. But on the other sense, you know, we get to go, you know what? God is for me. Who can be against me? And you're trashing his kid. Yeah. You're trashing who he loves and he treasures. I don't let anyone talk trash about my kids. I don't let my kids talk trash about themselves. Right. right. You know, if right. they, if they're ever How speaking, much more so our father in heaven though. Right. 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 You know if they're mean? speaking like self-deprecating language, I'm yeah. like, don't you dare say that about you. Yeah. About so what are some us. other, you know, coping mechanisms that are adaptive, that are helpful um, in our lives? And how are y'all living those out in, in your lives even? I'll say Doritos, not so, salt and vinegar chips. Doritos <laughs> are helpful. Because are more flavors. So for me, I have to, I'm just, I'm a physical person. So I have to be, I have to be doing something physical. And so, uh, the gym that I was working out at is closed because they're just scared. They're you know, so just scared. scared. They're so, and you know what? That's why I don't go to gyms. Full of cowards. <laughs> That's why I don't go. No, you know, I just, I had to, you know, I spent probably the first week and a half not doing anything. Mm. And then I just woke up and the Lord was super, uh, first, my first thoughts were, you know, the Lord was like, get up and go for a walk and do some pushups and just start getting, you know, just do some stuff. Man. Yeah. And so I've been doing that every, every morning I just get up and I go for like a three mile walk and come back and, but I'm doing pushups along the way. And then I'm doing, you know, squats and stuff like just something to get my body moving again, because I need that. And I realize like, that's a way in which I'm going to adapt because yeah. it's going to make me feel better. That explains why you don't have sleeves on your shirt right now. I didn't know why, but now... <laughs> hey, muscle shirts are in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. <laughs> what about you, Clint? What are some, what's a healthy healthy thing for you? Um, so, you know, I, I was even thinking about this. Like, we're mind, body, soul. And so, mm -hmm. like, I, I do exercise. And if I don't, I'm super down. Yes. Like, I, my energy level drops. And so what I've been doing is... And I've had to adapt. Like I was doing the gym and I loved it and they have it online. I haven't really, I've done it a few times. Online, online. gym? Yeah. So I can do it on my TV. Wow. Okay. So yeah, I do it too. I just sit there and watch <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> so I did that for a little while and then feel great. <laughs> we, we dropped our, our membership. And so right now um, I'm doing, you know, riding bikes with my daughters. I've been yeah. doing, I've been, I, honestly, I've been trying to create ways and way in which I can, you know, attend to my energy level. And so I've done push-up contests with other people. Um, awesome. I've challenged people to, you know, exercise with me in various ways. And so we've done that and it's, it's been good. Like even my daughters are loving it. They're able to ride their bike further. We stop at like, you know, water areas. So that's, that's been good. That's awesome. That's cool. That's cool. The other thing I've been doing is, is been, um, I've been trying to use my mind, um, just cause we're stuck. And so I've been reading outside my norm, I can't stand, I, I like literal facts. And so creativity, reading and biographies and stuff like that. It's been, it's been challenging, but it's also been good for me to just read outside the norm and, and think. It. I'm reading also, and I think that's, I think it's super helpful. Um, Patrick Lencioni wrote a book recently called um, Motives. Yeah. And it's, and it's, it's a, it's a brilliant book. I mean, he's, he's talking, he's talking about the fact that not all people should be leaders. And he's talking about how, 
your motives really do actually either your, your motivations are about you, you Mm -hmm. know, or your motivations are about service, you know? And so Mm -hmm. people who have those different motives have different outcomes. And so anyway, but yeah, Mm -hmm. reading is, reading is always something that I, that I love to, I love to do as well. I'm going yeah. to do it one day. What about you, Grant? Uh, you know, a couple of things you guys said. I mean, one is uh, we, our kids, every day we take them on bike rides and just awesome. get out with them. And uh, it's been it's been a ton of fun uh, getting out there with them and just being active. Same thing. Like, I find my energy level uh, is completely different, you know, if I'm getting out there and doing something with the kids or whatever. But uh, I'll tell you, one, one healthy coping mechanism uh, is honestly is like just humor. Uh, and just keeping it, uh, keeping it light with my family and with, with my wife and my kids. And, yep. um, so is that we, a new thing for you? I, it is for me. I, uh, I just recently just got watched a Ted talk on it and <laughs> studying uh, now, up over there. Now You're I like, know. I really need humor in my life. Yeah. Well, I hang out with you guys, so there's not a lot of funny people around me. Uh, so I'm <laughs> okay. trying to find it elsewhere. No, uh, no, but, but, you know, we are, we are always looking for moments to laugh together, like always. Um, so we're, we're doing movie nights with the kids, and we're picking, like, funny movies, right? Yep. Like, we're laughing together, and we're, uh, we're constantly joking together, and, um, you know, we just we do family game nights, and the whole point is, like, we want to laugh together. Yep. Um, and that's been, that's been an incredibly, like, healthy thing. And, uh, but, you know, I, I was thinking about it, too. Our coping mechanisms, um, they look different because we're, we're believers, and so... Uh, yeah, we can, we, everybody can laugh. Everybody can get out and ride their bike or whatever. But a couple of other things that we have, you know, a common coping ne- mechanism people would tell you is meditation. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the way that our meditation is, uh, leveled up as the gamers say, uh, would be, we have the okay. word of God to meditate on, right? Like we have the word we of do. God to fill our minds with. We um, we can, uh, we can cry out to God in prayer That's at right. any moment. Um, and these are not, uh, these these are some of the the greatest gifts that God gave us to to get us as you said from point A to point B. Um, he walks with us, and these are a couple of different ways. But what are some others? What are some other coping mechanisms that are adaptive, that are helpful, that maybe unique to Christians? Yeah. So um, Acts four twenty three, um, a couple of the disciples got arrested, and they're put in jail, and they get out, and they threaten them to their lives. Mm-hmm. And so they're in this super stressful situation, and they tell them not to speak their God's name again and to have nothing to do with it and to just leave. And in Acts 4.23, this is their response. On their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So the first thing they did just as a community is they prayed. Mm. And it's really interesting what they said. They said, Sovereign Lord, which seems so redundant. It's like happy smiley, you know? Right. And it's like, what are you doing? And it's the word to spot. And it literally, it's the idea that that, um, God is sovereign over every aspect of life. He permeates Mm -hmm. everything. That's good. And so, and then he says, uh, Sovereign Lord. And they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. I find it fascinating that the first thing they pray is that God created everything. What they're doing is, is they're setting their entire situation within the framework of God's story. Hmm. And they're saying that there's a God who's sovereign over all of this. We just got, we were just in jail. They're threatening our lives. They're saying, don't do this anymore. Don't speak my name. And yet they're going, sovereign Lord, you created. So you, you made everything, you're over everything, and I'm going to trust you in this season. I'm going to look to you. I'm going to follow you, and I'm going to believe that even in the crisis that we're in, 
that you're good and that you're with us. I'm so glad you went in the direction of prayer with that. Cause I thought you were going to be like, ah, you know, civil disobedience. It's kind of what I like to do. <laughs> it, just, you know, it just helps get me it by. Just, man. It just helps make me feel that's how better. I get through the day. <laughs> so prayer. Yeah. But you know, in, in that yeah. example as well, we see another one, which is community. Like right. they got together. Now we can't physically get together. Obviously we're not saying anyone should do that. Hey, maybe, maybe Clint is with civil disobedience. I don't know, <laughs> but, but we are officially not saying that. Um, but, but we can like stay connected to one another, and that's as that's we've been right. drawn like to Jesus, we've been drawn together, right? And so uh, that's one of the one of the adaptive coping mechanisms we have uh, is one another is to lean on one another. I'll tell you guys, I've I've talked on the phone more like these past few weeks than I have since I was like in high school, and the phone was mounted to the kitchen wall, right? Remember right. that one? Oh, like sure. Really long cord. Really long cord. Uh, I, I haven't talked on the phone this much since then, for real. Like, but but we're staying connected, and people need that, you know? And, yep. and the people I call, everyone I call, uh, you know, in the past, you get the voicemail, and they text you, like, why are you calling me, psychopath? Uh, but now, or there's something wrong. <laughs> right, you or know, something wrong. Why are you wrong. calling, you okay? Yeah. But now, everyone you call, they're, they're so they're excited to, to talk to you. Yeah. And they talk, you know, you talk yeah. to they pick up because yeah. they're excited, yeah. you know, and... Uh, so that's one of the ways that, that we can get through this is leaning on one another because God's given us to each other, right? I think also the scriptures. I mean, the, the yep. scriptures are so so important, and it just seems like obvious that three three pastors would say that. But it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our way, you know. Right. And so, especially in a time right now where I think one of the biggest stressors that's taking place in our culture right now is the fact that we don't really have an end date. Mm-hmm. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like if if you could if we could say, hey. August 1st, everything's going to be back to normal. Yeah. Then everyone would be like, oh, and I think we'd take a ton of pressure off, but we just don't have it right now. And so what we do need right now is we need a lamp. We need a light unto our feet. We need something to show us that even though the circumstances are really insecure and unsure right now, God is not. And therefore we can plant ourselves where he is in his scriptures. And so this might be an amazing time for you to just start reading the Bible every single day. If you go to uversion.com, there's a download that you can download the Bible and they have reading Bible reading programs. So again, if you're listening, you're thinking to yourself, I don't really know where to start or what to do. They have all kinds of different Bible reading programs that you can, it's really do it yourself. And you can do them together. You know, if you say, well, I don't know if I'll be disciplined enough to stick with it. We did a Bible reading plan. Uh, We just shared it on social media. Uh, My wife and I, we did like 30 other people just joined our Bible reading plan on Uversion. And we did it together. And there's a there's a part to talk it out together uh, every day Love under that. the reading. And um, so, yeah, you might say, I don't know if I, I've never done this before. I don't know if I'm going to stick with it. Uh, why don't you text somebody and say, hey, will you go through this with me? Um, and I, I bet they will. Because, I bet they will. Yeah. And, you know, for yeah. me, the scriptures have always been super healing. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, like that, I, I think if, you know, it's, it's obviously that scriptures are designed to reveal Jesus and to reveal salvation. But I think the second thing that kind of just strikes me about the scriptures is just how much they transform the way we think about ourselves and the way we think about the world, and they give us new objectives and new goals. You know, there's a there's an old Scottish divine, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I can remember the quote that he had. He said, the worth or excellency of a soul is measured by the object of its love. Yeah. The worth or excellency mm-hmm. of a soul is measured by the object of its love. And so the idea behind it is like, who I am is fundament, fundamentally altered by what I love. It's like go back to kind of what we were talking about before, some of those maladaptive coping mechanisms. Yep. So if what I love is materialism or if what I love is alcohol or if what I love is pornography, 
then that says something about the worth or value of my soul. Mm. You know, so the worth or value of a soul is measured by the object of his love. But if my if my heart longs for him, if my heart longs for God, then it changes the worth, you That's know? Right. It changes who I am. Mm. So there's something really profoundly powerful about the scriptures, and I would just challenge you to run to them and start in the Psalms or, you know, again, go to version and do what Grant did. You know, find a few people that, hey, I'm going to do this thing. Let's do it together. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. All right, well, we've come to the end of another podcast. Uh, we are so glad to be able to be with you guys today. We hope this has been helpful. Uh, we want to encourage you to go to um, Apple Podcasts and uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we come out every Wednesday, and we will see you next Wednesday. I'm Pastor Mike. Pastor Clint. Pastor Grant, get the salt and vinegar chips, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> see well, we'll see you soon. Bye-bye. <laughs>